Would you remain standing as you're able for the Word of God, which comes to us through Paul, the verse we've used the last three Sundays. Paul told the Galatians this, I have been crucified with Christ, yet it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. This week I was reminded of a story of uh, a man and his son who were watching a sculptor at work. And the sculptor was working with marble. And as they watched him over time, what emerged from the marble was a lion. The sculptor had sculpted a lion. And so the son asked his father quizzically, how did he know that there was a lion in there? Well, I want to say to the confirmation class of 2007 that God knows that there is a lion in you. God knows that there is a lion in you that needs to come out. This is the time that we need profound disciples who will live their faith deeply and courageously and publicly. Mark Williams preached last Sunday and he made this observation that in the world in which we live, a world now where you can watch videos on your iPod, a world where anybody with a computer can watch videos on YouTube, a world that is consistent consistently exposed to images. It is a world now where people learn by seeing, not by reading, and not by hearing. And they will need to see your example. The words that you write and speak will pale in comparison to the example that you live in front of them. The lion in you needs to come out. But I've worked with 12 confirmation classes over my years here, and I've had three children go through confirmation, and I can tell you the odds are against the lion coming out of you, that the lion may indeed not emerge from within you. And I thought about, why is that so? And I'm reminded of what we've been teaching your parents the last couple weeks in the sanctuary. The first reason might be this, that sometimes there's just too much other stuff on top of the marble that God has got to get through. Too much other moss or other sorts of junk or or, uh, stubble and, and pebbles and other sorts of rocks. And so the first step in leading a life where the lion can come out of you is to begin to clear away some of that stuff so that God can get at your heart. And so Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, which is just another way of saying, I'm no longer first. I'm putting Jesus first in my life. If if we are first, then God can't get through to our heart and then clear out the stuff that enables us to become who we were meant to be. So it's sort of counterintuitive, but this is what I would say to you as a class, that if you want to be the person that God made you to be, you need to think less about yourself and more about God. That it needs to be less about you first and more about God first. And that gives God the space and opportunity to take the sculpture to you and uh, the lion in you emerges. Another reason sometimes the lion doesn't come out is this. We simply don't allow the sculptor to work on us. We don't invite him in. Last week Mark talked about making Jesus a welcomed guest in our heart and in our life. And that's what I would say the confirmation class Uh, One of the vows I will ask you in just a very few minutes is, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you you, uh, accept Him as Savior and confess Him as Lord? And what I'm asking you is this, will you let Him be the sculptor of your life? Will you let Him in your life to shape you so the lion will come out? Those two things have to happen, but as I think about it, I believe that the main reason the lion may not come out of you in your life is simply this, you don't believe there's a lion in there. You don't believe that God created you gifted, talented, and that you are valuable just as you are to God. 
you're a little bit like a comedian in my parents' generation. His name was Groucho Marx, and he once made this comment. He said, any club that would take me in as a member is not worth joining. So sometimes we think there must be something wrong because nobody really would think there's a lion in there, but there is. So I wanted to work with you for just a minute on why that's so. Why is it that we don't think there's a lion inside? Why do we think it's not possible that we're not valued and loved and worthwhile as we are? It seems to me there are a couple things. One is we listen too much to other people. We listen to other people. And I don't think it's just true in junior high school. I think it's true across the board that we live in the age of the put-down. That uh, what normally happens is humor, what passes for humor today is just people trying to embarrass other people. Make them feel bad or look bad. Tune in to your favorite sitcom this week. Just pick it, any station, any network, and watch it for a while. 90% or more of the jokes will be about making someone feel bad, making them look stupid or feel stupid or feel inadequate or pointing out some weakness in their life. And the default mode of society today is to look for what's wrong with people. I couldn't help but be amazed early into the disaster at Virginia Tech. They were already looking at who they could blame for having students still loose on campus at 9 o'clock in the morning. The default mode is to look for what's wrong. And if you listen to people, they'll tell you what's wrong with you. And the lion inside you begins to shrink the more you hear that. So my advice this morning is be careful about listening to other people and what they say. The star of Ocean's 11, 12, 13, George Clooney once said this to aspiring actors and actresses. He said this about his critics. He said, you're never as good as they say you are, and you're never as bad as they say you are. He said, I've learned to keep a balanced perspective on my life because I figure one day I'm just going to end up doing infomercials anyway. You know, we kind of all go that route. But, but don't take too seriously what others say. Don't, they don't know you. Others who speak about you are ignorant. Not that they're not intelligent, but they're ignorant because they don't know your life. They don't know what you had to get through to get to school this morning. They don't know what you struggled with last night. They don't know what is on your plate. They don't know what's in your family, what's in your friends. They don't know the burdens that you carry because they're invisible to their eyes. Don't listen to them. Don't give weight to what they say. They simply don't know you. But also don't try to guess what they're saying about you. Sometimes I think we project things and we think people are feeling and thinking about us when they're not feeling or thinking those things at all. I'm reminded of a story about a new girl that came to a junior school. And the very attractive girl and the shy, introverted boy uh, immediately noticed her and, and wanted to somehow uh, start a relationship with her. So he wrote her several notes, but he was just too shy to ever deliver them. And then he came up with several plans about where he could intercept her near her locker or in the lunchroom. And, but he was always too shy to, to pull that off. So three weeks, he hadn't even gotten within 20 feet of her. Had never heard her speak and had never said a word to her. But he had figured out in his mind that she wouldn't like him anyway. So finally, after three weeks, somebody said, hey, have you met the new girl in school? And he said, I think she's a snob. It was all in his mind. He never had actually heard her speak. I think when you look back to Virginia Tech, what you see is a person who unfortunately lived in their own world that they created. And he heard and thought people were saying and doing things to him, interfering somehow in his life or seeking to undo him in his life that simply were not so. He had created his own universe. And it had inhabited it and unfortunately acted out of that understanding in ways that that were destructive. Be careful about listening to other people. They don't know. And you don't even know what they're really saying or thinking anyway. 
But I think sometimes the problem is not just that we listen to other people, we start to feel bad, and then our lion shrinks. Sometimes we listen to ourselves. Sometimes we are our biggest critic. And I think the reason is that we live with ourselves 24 hours a day. You may not hear me say something, but I knew I thought it. You know, sometimes we know everything we do that's a little out of step. We begin to focus on our own weakness, and surely we think if people really knew, if anybody really knew, they would not believe I was valuable, that I was worthwhile, that I was loved. And as we focus on our own weakness, again, the lion inside us that longs to come out begins to shrink. As we focus on on the weak parts of our lives, we all have weakness, but God focuses on our strengths. They're called gifts. And the Bible talks a lot about gifts. God says that your lion calls you that and calls you to come out focusing on what's good about you. I've told your parents the story before. One of my favorite stories is from Dan Seaborn, who one Valentine's Day, his wife asked for a cosmetic mirror. So he got her one. It's one of those mirrors that, you know, shows your face like seven to ten times bigger than it actually is. So you can put on uh, makeup. And But the problem was, once she got it for Valentine's Day, she started looking at it all the time and noticed the, the age spots, the blemishes, the wrinkles, and she got more and more down about herself. Sometimes all of us carry that magnification with us and we seem to focus it on what's weak about ourselves and we blow it way out of the proportion where God would have it be. Uh, I read a survey this week that said 52% of women in America would trade one year of their life if they could have what they considered the ideal body. I thought that was really unfortunate. It was my first thought that they felt that way. But then secondly, I was wondering what year they'd give up. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to give up the first year because I'm not doing much anyway. Or maybe the hundredth year because I'm probably not doing as much. You know, but, but that they would think that. And then I read 1998. This is for real. There was a guy uh, who's 17 years old. Somebody told him that he had a problem with body odor. So he died by deodorant. He went home and one day bought 18 cans of aerosol spray deodorant and sprayed it on him. And the coroner said he died from inhaling all the fumes. Now, I'm not saying that your excessive concern with your weakness will kill you, but it will kill the lion within you. The more you focus on what's wrong, the smaller the lion gets, and that doesn't do you or God or the world any favors. So here's my suggestion. Don't listen so much to other people. Don't listen so much to yourself. Listen to God. And this is what God says about you. You are my lion. You are loved. You are valued. You are worthwhile. You have a contribution and a difference to make in this world. You are the one that I have put here to do what I need done. That's what God feels about you, that you are worthy, that you are valuable. If you wonder what your life is worth, look at the cross. That's that's the value placed on your life. You are valuable as you are, and you are gifted as you are. You are the lion that needs to come out. And to hear God say that is part of what confirmation is about. To begin to own claim who you are in this world. That's what this is about. And, And it's a shame because if we don't do that, then we start looking everywhere else for someone to tell us we're valuable. And we start looking around all over uh, to try to feel good about ourselves when we don't listen to that voice that says that we are good and that we are valued. Uh, The other day, 
I was getting ready to go outside somewhere, and, and so I was looking for my sunglasses, and I asked a couple of people, where are they? Well, surprisingly, the first one said they didn't know, and the second one says, well, they're right there. They're on your head. And I think sometimes that's what our life is. We're just feeling around, looking around for what's there all along. Don't look for worth and value and love. It is as close to you as you are to yourself. It's there in God through Jesus Christ. There's a guy that attempted to write a summary of the Christian faith uh, in about 150 pages a couple of years ago. His name is Houston Smith. And this is what he said in the closing of one of his chapters. He said this, The most important thing to know is the goodness of God and that God considers us good. If we know that, everything of importance falls into place. If we do not know that, nothing we will do can ever replace that. Know that you are loved. Know that you're valuable. Know that you are God's lion. Her story not too long ago about a man, I'm sure it wasn't true, but he had a big dinner party. He's a very wealthy man, had a large estate, and after dinner they went out around the pool. Interesting thing about the guest list is they were mostly uh, attractive, capable bachelors. And he made an announcement. He said, I have an announcement to make. The bad news is this. The pool in front of you is filled with piranha. Man-eating piranha. He said, now here's the good news. Whoever can jump in and swim across will have the hand of my beautiful daughter and half of my estate. Splash! The guy went in and swam like crazy and got to the other side. He'd hardly finished his sentence and the guy was out of the water. His clothes were a little torn, but there he was in one piece. And, and the father said, that, that was tremendous. I mean, tell me about it. He said, look, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to know who pushed me in. I don't know who pushed you into confirmation. Could have been your parents. Could have been somebody at school. I don't know. But you've you've finished the swim. It's time to get on out and claim the inheritance and the worth that God has for you. And God bless you, not just today, but always.